Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. How was your weekend, Andy? Real good, real good. Still can't go watch movies or do anything fun, but, you know, just hanging out at the compound, fortifying my position for the impending pandemic wars. How'd you do in the, uh, with the, uh, 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 with the golf tournament? Golf, good. Good like usual. Um, head to heads, good like usual. Outright's terrible. I, uh, I joked around. I can't remember who I was talking. I talked to a couple people about golf and I said, uh, maybe I'm leaving some money on the table when I see one of my outrights getting close and not cashing. And, you know, some of those guys are like three, four or five to one to do like a top 10, top 20, depending on the price. And I'm sitting there making bupkis off it. So I, I went through and I said, well, you know, I can't put a top 20 on everybody. So I said, who's the most consistent and the most consistent shot 16 over through two rounds. <laughs> so it just made me look stupid. Like, thank, so thank you, Joel Dahman. And it is, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody has bad rounds, but boy, he had a couple and I, I don't know. I didn't, uh, nobody talked beyond of it, but I bet on him in a matchup on Thursday, even after just, you know, a terrible tear, or I bet a matchup on him Friday after a terrible Thursday said, well, maybe no pressure, whatever. I'm going to lose this full tournament matchup with him. I'm going to lose the outrights. I'm going to lose the top 20 is top 10, but maybe he could beat, you know, I had somebody ranked pretty low. No, he went out and shot like another eight over. <laughs> so I think, yeah, looking at, just looking at my losses, you know, and I'm not going to count these outrights where I'm betting like a 20th of a unit, but I bet him top 10, top 20, took him for a full tournament, head to head and then a round by round head to head. So like four out of my eight losses for the whole weekend were Joel Dahman. <laughs> like oh, wow. Real thorn in my side. And Jeez. this people is how you develop biases <laughs> because this is going to stick with me for a while, which I mean, you can't be right on everything. I ended up doing well on the full tournament head to head. So that's where the, that's where my bread's buttered. It was fun. Great tournament again. Um, mm-hmm. Kudos to, you know, I, I know that they're not like doing, you know, they're not like hitting the B-dubs button and making these great, but man, we've had some great endings and, you know, maybe it's a, uh, maybe a product of we're all watching it because there's nothing else on, but still like there's been a couple playoffs. We've had some real good comebacks and choke jobs. Like everything's been a lot of fun this year. If uh, they might even put it on TV this weekend. that was quite a that was that was quite ridiculous i i watched most of it on my phone and the first time i clicked through on sunday it was like here yeah just uh you know just wait through one out of these nine commercials and then you can stream it on your phone i was like oh great yeah which i mean Um, and a couple people said that like well andy you know you can just i fucking know you can just watch it on the cbs app but my, you know, my six-year-old dad isn't going to figure that out. No, like no uh, there's a like there's a huge portion of golf fans that aren't going to figure out the you know the CBS app because they're old. Like, just put it put it on TV. You have something called the Golf Channel. You have CBS. They were showing like bull riding. <laughs> I don't understand that they don't understand that you have you have these huge stars, and it's the only thing in town. It seems like we have this conversation over and over. 
about MLB just dicking around NBA, maybe not taking the bubble seriously. Like everybody has a chance to really shine right now as people are so hungry for sports and everybody's just dicking it up. So sure. Tiger back this week. Oh, Tiger! They better have them. So, no, that's um, my tirade. But speaking yes, of huge stars, very excited, uh, very excited quick, for all this. Real quick question: Speaking of huge stars, uh, Morikawa, our 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 good friend Jay Maz's son, Morikawa, is he uh, going to kind of enter the top top echelon of uh, you know professionals on tour by the end of this year, or is he already there? He's good, but boy, he can't putt some days. <laughs> like, there's a few. There's a few of these. Uh, these younger players were just really pure irons, but man, they have some, there's some struggle putting and, and actually my guy Hovland too, like some chipping issues, like their mm-hmm. games just, I mean, he, he was great and he won, but he, his iron play was so electric and he was putting everything, you know, to almost too close to miss. If it, you know, just a little worse on the irons and probably doesn't win that because he puts for shit. So, He's he's very good, but uh, it's super tough, super tough to stay on top every week when you're traveling around and there's 150 other guys gunning for it. So yeah, I like him a lot. I didn't have any money on him, which sucked, but yeah, he looked he looked great. And honestly, I, I feel bad for JT making that 50 foot putt and then the you know a, a pretty you know, relatively bad putter sinks like a 25 footer to yeah, tie you on yeah. a hole like uh-huh. that, that, that putt wins that tournament against a lot of players. Oh yeah. So I mean, th- and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the ending of this was electric and it sucks that he hit behind that tree. Cause I feel like they would have gone a few holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think so too. Um, it was good though. And, uh, happy for, uh, for James. Uh, seeing his son finally win a tournament, uh, you know, a real one. This is obviously his second, you know, tour win. But yeah, nobody, nobody um, counts Puerto Rico. I think it was Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, he was. A, it was a Tahoe last year. He won Tahoe. Yeah, some some some, super, some tiny, tiny, tiny field. Uh, anyway, um, we're gonna talk NFL today, and for the foreseeable future. Um, looking at my calendar, we have eight weeks uh, until week one of the NFL season. Nine. Nine. Well, one week I'm considering we have to get our handicap in for week one. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. really have a week there to, to create content for uh, for season previews. But uh, so over those eight weeks, that, that fits pretty nicely with uh, eight divisions, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Two years ago, our first year doing previews like this, we were doing two divisions per show. And they, yeah, got, that's true. they got and they got too long. I forgot about that. The, these podcasts got Pushing two hours. So the next oh, year. Oh, no, no. Pushing three. We yeah, were, we, they were, we they were, were rough. Really, we should go we look that up. Cause it, we had a guest on some of those, too. We had a you're right. You're right. You're right. Half, yeah. They were so long. <laughs> so the next year we said, all right, we can't do two divisions per podcast. And it's just the same thing as when you get older <clears throat> and you get that raise, you get that promotion, you get a better job, and you think you're going to have all this extra money, and then you don't. Because you just you make more and you spend more. Same thing happened to us. We go to one division per podcast. They're still fucking two hours. We give her, <laughs> gave ourselves we give ourselves a little extra rope, and we went ahead and just <sighs> wasted it. We, nature we, abhors yeah, a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nature abhors it. That's true. So again, way too long. They were too long. So we said, not only are we 
going to make lemonade out of lemons here by the fact that there's nothing else going on this summer. But we we kind of want to cut these down to a decent size. Yeah. So we are going to do two teams per podcast. We will do one division per week, and we are going to break it up. Two teams today, Monday night we're recording, and two teams on Wednesday, always uh, the same division. And we're going to try to kind of leave some teams towards the end. Like the the rhyme and the reason isn't anything outside of here's some teams where there's some real heavy uncertainty and we'll try to push them towards the back. Like a team where we really don't know what they're doing at quarterback or something along, you know, like the, the Patriots are probably going to be later on in the season because they really could go either way with that. So Yep. Yep. That, no, is, no, no, totally. that is the plan. Yeah, no, we're, we'll stack, we'll stagger it in a way that, um, that makes the most sense. And I think uh, for week one here, um, we kind of decided that uh, it was guess, unlikely. Yeah, go ahead. I did make that joke too. Somebody asked me about, you know, like uh, he said he was depressed thinking about how the NFL might be canceled. Maybe this will park him up. And I said, well, I mean, we are leaving the Florida team still last. <laughs> like, it's a mess down there. Yes, uh, that's true. Um so where do we start? Uh, NFC, we kind of agreed when we did the schedule breakdown that the NFC North, not super likely to factor into the picture in terms of who goes to the Super Bowl. Uh, out of the three, NFC, out of the four NFC divisions, I would kind of put the NFC North towards the bottom. Um, not impossible, but not likely. Uh, and uh, so let's start there. Uh, and let's start with the bottom of the NFC North. We'll do uh, a little uh, Chicago Bears and uh, Detroit Lions today. Does that sound fun? That sounds fair. Yeah. Okay, cool. And All right. I mean, just right off the top, and this kind of cuts back to conversations we had during the Power Rank show, Power Rank, the power numbers that we did. And then after we did that off the air and then with some other people we chatted, the Bears and the Lions are the bottom of the NFC North based on, you know, regular season win totals. Yeah, right. But I think as a whole, it's a lot closer across these four teams than than the the implied numbers make it. I oh, think yeah, we all, we kind of all came to that conclusion that the Bears and Lions were probably a little low and they should be closer to each other and Green Bay and Minnesota are probably maybe Green Bay more so a touch high. Like this this is kind of a tight packed division. This is uh Maybe the AFC South of the NFC. That that's that's not no nice. no, that, that's no, that, terrible no but that's that that's that, not that's insult. not crazy though. No, it, it isn't. It's a it's a little more wide open. The more I looked into this, it's a little more wide open than perhaps I originally thought, and obviously more than the the numbers say. If you want yeah. to just go win percentage for the division. Yeah, most recent years this has been kind of a toss up. Uh, you know, the it has it has taken to uh, the very. Uh, um, the very end of the football season to figure out who was going to win. We had some surprises. I don't think uh, the Packers were not odds on favorites to win last year. The Bears were definitely not odds on favorites the prior year. They were, I think, expected to have the fewest number of wins in the uh, division. So, you know, there's there's a little turnover. There's a little excitement. There's a little uncertainty here. Um, and you know, this is a. I think this is a good fair place to start. And I guess. You know, you made a point about... That's what I forgot to do, too. I, yeah, I knew ahead. I forgot something. Like, last year, <clears throat> excuse me, I was scraping odds before. I, like, this is our first one. 
take it easy on us. But before, <laughs> before we did this, I'd, I'd go to like a couple books and I'd scrape the prices for, you know, the team to win their division, to go to the playoffs, this, that, and the other thing. And I forgot to do that, but I am going to pull it up. And yeah, if you do look, the, the Bears are third favorites. They're about plus 350 to win the NFC North. I'll just quote Bet Online today. And nice. their, pl- their playoff price is probably, I don't know, what would you think? Oh, to make the playoffs? Well, yeah. If you had to guess what's Bears to make the playoffs, yes, no. Uh, seven teams now. So that changes, seven my, teams, that changes my thinking a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say playoffs, yes, for the Bears is plus 150. Ooh, not great. Bad guess. Oh, really? Yeah, plus 145. <laughs> right. Way fucking up. Way the fuck up. Man, um, I got to get yep, better. Minus, I got to tune, tune it up here, man. Minus 165. That's probably a fair price. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not bad. I don't I don't hate that. Um, the Okay, so you made a joke off the top about how we were going to push uh, some of the more uncertain teams where we didn't know what was going to happen at quarterback till later in the season. Uh, are the Bears one of those teams? They uh, are. Does it, does it matter? But does I think it that's matter? Me. Yep. That's the <laughs> I like we're on the same page there. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the Bears a little. The Bears under Matt Nagy, they're entering year three. It's been and it's been a roller coaster. Um, under Matt Nagy's first year, they were projected to win what, like five games. They're coming off of a five-win season. They way overachieved expectation. They won twelve. A lot of that was, you know, kind of fueled by people pointing to the defense being the backbone, you know, the strength of the team. Vic Fangio's defense, uh, the Cleo Mack trade, uh, like and a just plus twenty six yeah, on the play yeah. on turnovers, on turnovers plus, yeah. yeah, just a massively uh, impossible to re- repeat uh, turnover margin. Um, and uh, Vic Fangio leaves for Denver. Um, they bring in Chuck Pagano last year. Uh, the defense unsurprisingly regressed. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. And we'll, let's go defense last in this exploration. You know what their turnover um, ratio or their turnover net turnover. What is it? What, are, what, was what am their, I trying uh, to say? The their turnover margin differential. What was their turnover differential? Differential. differential yeah. Last year. What was their? What was it? Yeah. Man, it's probably right around neutral. I'm going to say, I, I, I think it was, I don't know the answer two. to this. I bet you it was like minus It's a bad trivia question if I don't know the answer. If you don't know Um, the answer, yeah. Oh, it it was it was zero. It was zero. Was it zero? Oh yeah, okay. Nice. 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 You're killing trivia (laughs) today. I feel like you're looking this up. I'm on. No. I can't see you, so I don't know. Um, This is honor system. I'm not looking this up. Um I uh, I did uh, I did a little bit of prep. Um, but not enough to like put all that to memory. But anyway, um so defense regresses last year. There's a couple reasons for that, and we'll get to that later. Um, but much more important about the Chicago Bears team is what is going on with the development of their young quarterback, Mitch Trubisky? What is going on with his relationship with Matt Nagy? What is the front office doing in terms of assembling talent on this team? These are all huge questions. Uh, they've taken major steps backwards after a very promising start to this regime. Uh, and one wonders is, you know, is the current win total that's out there, is the expectation that uh, you know, that they're making the playoffs 40-ish percent of the time, is that, you know, does that reflect reality? Or is this a team that is going to decline even more than we saw last year? Um, they had, what, nine wins last year? Or were they eight and eight? They were eight and eight last year. Eight um, and eight. As you look at their schedule, as you look at their results, does that seem um, fair or 
does that seem like they were somehow the beneficiaries of, oh, I don't know, say two wins at the hands of backup quarterbacks of when they played Detroit twice? Yeah, that, uh, and we'll, we'll get to them obviously, but yeah, that didn't hurt. I, I think you're like, if you're, if you are truly like trying to say they were worse than eight and eight, even, I think uh, I'm on the same page with you. We, you know, not to toot our horns because we were far from the only ones that say it, said that, you know, Chicago would probably regress off their 12 1 season. Like, that was kind of consensus, honestly. You'd have been contrarian. I would 100% yeah. agree. You'd, you'd be contrarian to say they were like, oh, they'll be good again. But uh, yeah, I think even 8 and 8 is probably a little bit uh, deceptive as far as how good they played. It was, uh, you know, the defense is just not going to have that kind of outlier season again. And then the, you know, your conspiracy theories about Trubisky were fun. And honestly, like of all the conspiracy theories you've ever had, that might be the one that I've actually given some weight to. Uh, But, I mean, he played poorly. They didn't run him as much. The offense looked goofy. They, you know, they were looking at a different defensive coordinator, even though we, you know, we're fans of Pagano. I like Chuck, but you bring in a different guy and now they're, I mean, they're, they're pushing towards the place where they're going to be kind of in cap hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're lucky that they have a rookie quarterback and a, and a cheap veteran because they've spent a lot of money on other things. You know, obviously Khalil Mack was pretty expensive and is a pretty big cap hit. So I don't know where the future of this team is. Yeah. Where is the talent on this roster for all that money spent? Where is it? Defensive ends. I mean, they, they paid, they paid Robert Quinn 14 million to come over. Like they're going to have some pretty good pass rushing from the outside, but then the rest is pretty rough. And I like, you know, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to the defense. I like Eddie Jackson, but we've talked about this over the off season. We talked about it last year during the year too. Like, you know, in a passing league, you need depth at a few places and, you know, your defensive secondary is one of them. They've lost some pieces over the last couple of years. And their their defensive secondary might not be very good again this year. They they brought in a couple of guys. I think uh, to Sean Gibson. I'm trying to think of the other one, but they brought in a couple other guys to shore it up. But I'm not super hopeful for their uh, defensive secondary. And while they might have a elite pass rush, I mean that's the kind of thing that maybe one of the easier things to scheme against. Mm-hmm. Just just get rid of the ball faster against maybe a second tier secondary and you can take Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn completely out of a game. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to get, yeah, pretty, I'm, I'm going I'm, 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 to, I'm, I'm, I'm like to, anti-bears again. I know I am too. And I'm, I'm ready to sell these guys again. And it all starts at the top for me. And it starts with the general manager and what he's done with this team. Uh, roster I think roster construction roster has been construction, trash. It, it just, just abysmal. They, they made one mistake in the quarterback evaluation and, you know, when they drafted what two, three, three or four years, whatever year that they took Trubisky over um, Mahomes and Watson was an obvious mistake. Right. And they got credit for, you know, for pulling the trigger and bringing in, you know, a true blue chipper in uh, Khalil Mack. But uh, a lot of the decision making that has gone into putting together this roster has been highly suspect. This offseason, you know, they kind of flew under the radar because Bill O'Brien kind of drove the bus truly off of a cliff. <laughs> And kind of hid some That's of the fair. other teams that also did not do well yeah. uh, in the offseason space. Uh, and the Bears are at the top of that list. 
you you brought it up right they they gave robert quinn a lot of money they gave probably the dumbest contract that got signed oh, by any nfl I, player i know this what this was is jimmy, be. Jimmy oh my god the jimmy graham contract was an absolute atrocity no one else was giving him anywhere close to that kind of money and they gave it to him for multiple years he was a cast off from a division rival who couldn't find a place to make him work like why in the world sign they're, jimmy graham they're going to pay over 10 million dollars this year to tight ends Yes, and, crazy. And, and then, your, and and your best tight end is washed up, Jimmy Graham. No, no, you're be- maybe not. No, he's that. not. Even he's worse not. than that. Even worse than that. Maybe you it's Cole Komet. Yeah, exactly. You had a poor, uh, a poor quantity and quality of draft picks in one of the most spectacular draft classes we've seen in a decade. And who do you use with your first pick? A tight end. A guy in the same position you just gave a guy $16 million for two years for. Like, like absolutely mind-bendingly stupid decision-making. It doesn't even – we don't even have to see how this plays out. We know it was bad. You want to add some more, uh, you know, kindling to the fire in terms of bad decisions? How about trading for Nick Foles? Why? 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 <sighs> the the why? timing. And the why? timing was so weird. Like, it wasn't was – <clears throat> let's, let's say it's, it's later and Winston has found a home – and, sure, and and, and, and let's say Cam Cam has yeah, Cam sure. has found a home. Sure, sure. Let's say even Andy Dalton has found a home, and then be like, oh, I oh, forgot man. about that. Yeah, great points. Yeah. All three guys. Yes, three three guys who you know starters. What is yes starters yes. in the league? And you know, I don't want to take anything away from Nick Foles. That was a hell of a playoff run. Like he he played great. He folded it up put his pants on and won the fucking super. <laughs> but I mean, he was bad. He was bad outside of that. He's been on like six different teams for a reason. You did a good, you know, it was, it was a fun run. That defense was fun. The play calling was electric and it was a very, it was a, it was a fun Super Bowl, honestly, all things considered, but like that ain't it. Like Nick, yeah. Nick Foles, and God bless him, he's going to trade off that and make a bunch of money. He'll probably get a couple more small contracts, especially if he steals this job and you know plays halfway decent. But yeah, know. like what's the point of bringing in Foles? Like, I, I mean, what's the point I, of bringing I, I get in the any? Point. No, no, but like, like define the whole problem, right? Like, uh, yeah. they wanted to bring someone in to challenge Trubisky, presumably. Yes. Right. Like they did not exercise Trubisky's fifth year option. Which means he's, you know, a lame duck on the on this roster this year. So I guess that answers my question from before. This is his fourth year. Um, you want to bring someone in to challenge him throughout the off season and training camp, right? That's the idea here. You're not going to just go. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, if you're thinking outside the box, you're looking at a guy like Jameis Winston. You're like, okay, we truly give up on Trubisky. We're going to try to do a reclamation project here with someone we think might be a franchise quarterback. That's fine. I don't think anyone in the universe of the NFL talent evaluation or a roster, you know, construction standpoint looks at Nick Foles and says, "Yo, this is a future franchise quarterback that can lead your team for five plus years. Get him in here now and give him the starting job." No, that's not what the goal was at all. They just wanted to bring some, or you know, they were set up to try to bring someone in to you know to push Trubisky and giving away assets via trade to do that for Nick Foles when the other options were available is mind-bendingly stupid it's just not a good strategy uh, and it, you know it's 
he may end up being fine. He may end up being an eight win quarterback this year, but like you kind of said, he had a magical run with the Eagles and, you know, he's the kind of guy that may have the guts and the gumption and the, you know, no fear that he can perform at his best uh, when the going gets tough in the playoffs and there you're asking him to do a lot and the, you know, the pressure is high. Um, but he's not the kind of quarterback to me that moves the needle in terms of taking a team that has maybe a ceiling of eight or nine wins and turning it into 11 or 12. Do you disagree? I not with the, and not with the roster. Like it's just him, the remnants of a good defense and like 19 tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and that that's always been a problem in the Trubisky years is, I mean, not only maybe a lack of quality receivers, but also injury. Like they've had some bad injuries at receiver that hasn't helped. Uh, they've had some decent running backs, some decent pass catching running backs, but like the play calling sucked last year. And yeah, like you said, the, the fact that they traded for another quarterback uh, of that caliber, I don't even think, I don't even think Jacksonville like ate part of the money. No, oh, I don't I, either. It I, was I wanna, a bad deal. It I want to say like deal. it was just an all around kind of a shitty trade. And like I said, especially with the free agents that were out there. I mean, look yeah. what, and look what, and granted, you can, you know, you can call me out on this on the timing. The timing is obviously different. You know, your market changes from April to when Cam signed. But look what Cam signed for. Look what Jameis, you know, Jameis obviously found a better situation for himself and he probably took a cheaper deal. But, and what, I'd pay five times that for Jameis to compete yeah. with Trubisky, 10 times sure. that, honestly. For but, sure. You know, you know, it's just uh, the free agent offering out there for quarterback was good enough that this, I mean, it would have been a bad deal either way, but the fact that, like you said, they (laughs) traded, they took on this salary and I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. Yeah, It's a problem, but it's not the biggest problem. And then, yeah, just the the signings were, uh, it's, it's hard to get behind a team when you don't think they did anything right in the off season. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how, how do you yeah. take it? How do you take a team that's been an eight-win team? We've said they probably didn't deserve eight wins. They lost some pieces in defense. Their they quarterbacks, lost some big pieces yeah, some in big defense. Pe- like Clint, I like Dix. Some low key, low key big. Somebody's low, gonna low key cut big. that. Like, Clinton, like I'm gonna like, say Clinton Dix. Somebody's gonna cut that and use it. But uh, <laughs> Amakimura. Yeah. Nick Nick Kwiatkowski had a low key. He was a role player extraordinaire for them last year. And he, he was very too. very solid. Leonard Floyd was very solid for them last year. Nick Williams. No one knows who Nick Williams was because he was just eating, you know, eating offensive line blocking in the middle. But he was huge for that team last year, stepping in for uh, when Hicks w- went down. So it's you know, you know, losing. Um, one, two, three, four linebackers, a tackle, a safety, a cornerback, uh, and then turning it over and bringing in, uh, you know, a rookie cornerback from Utah, starting him, you know, he's your starting CB two now opposite Fuller. Like that's a glaring weakness. Like you better give him lots and lots of help with Eddie Jackson. Like Eddie Jackson's got his hands full this year looking across this uh, this defensive secondary. And, you know, absolutely the linebacker position is going to be something to watch because Roquan Smith is not shown to be a very reliable player in terms of giving you 16 games of snaps. I don't yeah, know. I we ever... say that's, that's my silver lining. Like maybe if I'm going to say anything nice about the team, um, 
I want to say both. Uh, Trevathan was hurt too. Like Ro- Roquan Smith and Trevathan missed time. I mean, if yeah. they're healthy, if they're healthy, it's a lot better defense. But it's still, it's it's full of holes. Like it's, it's got it's got places you can exploit it, and the players they brought in as backfill for their depth are not good. They're going to have to coach them up. Uh, I'm not sure Chuck Pagano is the kind of guy that can coach up, uh, you know, replacement level players into bona fide like contributors. Right, Artie Burns? No, I yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I'm, I'm really not. Barkevius Mingo, like, I, like why? Where we? What are we signing him for? Like, it's there are a lot of decisions in terms of who they brought in uh, and who they lost that I think are going to spell, you know, greater regression for this defense than even what we saw between 18 and 19. Um, and you know, will you know, will Khalil Mack make up for that? I mean. I think you can point to his regression personally last year and say that had something to do with the fact that uh, Akeem Hicks missed a lot of time. It, after you know he went out of the lineup, you know it was pretty apparent that he was in a lot of ways the star, you know, the straw that stirred the drink for um, you know for that D line in terms of you know keeping two hats off of Khalil Mack. Uh, and you know, so maybe with the full season of you know Quinn Hicks and Mack all. Uh, you know, getting their full requisite of uh, of starts. This looks like uh, you know it's a it's a vicious pass rushing unit again. It's the monsters of midway, maybe. Um, but even yeah, I mean, all, healthy, healthy s- linebackers, a good pass rush, and I mean this is <clears throat> like best case scenario. Say something positive, Andy. The linebackers stay healthy. You have absolute studs bookending your D line pass rushing. I mean, technically they're linebackers, whatever edge guys. You have Eddie Jackson, who I like. And, you know, if if they're rookie, it's stranger things have happened. Like, if you're your rookie corner, what, what is his name? Like, the kid from Utah. I don't know. Josh him. Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Uh, up, Johnson yeah, I'm, I'm not up that late to watch Pac-12 football. I'm old and washed. Like, I'm, I'm not watching that shit. So, if, if Fuller plays well and the rookie's okay, like, you can have an above-average defense. And by above-average, I do not mean top 10. I mean, between 10 and 15, and the team could be okay. But, like, that, I just listed a bunch of things that need to happen that maybe aren't all that, you know, likely. We've already seen, you know, you've right. heard, like you said, Roquan hasn't even had that long of a career and it's already showing a little bit of an injury risk. And the secondary is, you know, like, we, like we said, never we, got we, to we, the we need of what like, was going on. Yeah, we need like a surprise out of the secondary. To, we need them to surprise us and be good. And then this can be a good defense. So, it's a uh, yeah. It's it's not what you like to see as a Bears fan. Okay. So it so sucks. far, so so far, if we're deciding, um, you know, is this was last year a blip? Are they going to return to their 2018 form, or is more regression coming? So far, from the defensive side and just the personnel decisions and just the off season they had, I am of the opinion that more regression is coming um, defensively. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I love Chuck Pagano's defense you. in general. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I think I think yeah, we've said our piece about the defense. Yes, and you know you're going to get what you can get out of it. You hope you hope they can force a few more turnovers, like 2018. It was a hard regression. Like that was even even we were surprised. You know, we joked about like ah, they're not going to intercept like 26 balls this year, and yet they did not. Things mm-hmm. came crashing down on that. But the offense is still you know obviously a big part of the problem. Yes. We hate the trade. 
we kind of hated how the offense decided to use Trubisky last year. I think maybe the biggest piece of unknown information to both of us right now is what the plan is between the front office, the coaching staff, and like what they're thinking going forward. But if you're Pace, you're Nagy, you're new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, I mean, he's been known. Yeah. He's been, like, I'm, I'm not super excited about that, but I guess he he shined for a few games there in Cincinnati one time. Was that where he was? <laughs> yeah. First off, um, yeah, he was. What, a, what, what is your what is your game plan here? Like, you you got to think yeah. long term. If you're the Bears, like what what, what is you, the plan? What are you, what are you gaining? <laughs> like, yeah, what are you gaining the, from starting Nick Foles? Like Nick yeah. Foles, it, whatever you have him now. Like that's an okay backup stopgap for maybe next year if you really, really say we're done with Mitchell. We can't sign him to a deal after this. He's going to be just a free agent because we're not picking up his contract. But I, I think if you're a coach, and I want to know your take on this because this is my opinion, I would, I would just see. Like call this a season where you know – we're probably not going to compete. We're not a Super Bowl contender. We saw what happened last year. But we really, really need to know if Mitchell is going to be something we can do going forward or if we got to go hard reset. Like, you need to start him 16 games and actually try to get the most out of him. And then if you got to pull the plug midway through the season and just throw falls in there or whatever. But, like, that, that would be my game plan is to say, like, you know, if Nagy was truly limiting Mitch a little or not calling plays because he didn't think Mitch could pull him off, you got to just say the hell with that. We got to call an offense that can win NFL games and see if Mitch can step up. And if he can't, then the hell with him. Yeah, no, you're that, right. That, that's because... kind of that's kind of the game. You got to see what you got. Yeah, no, no. Because what what happens if they win five games this year? Pace gets fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would think so. And uh, probably Nagy, too, because the new general manager is going to want to hire his own coach, I'm guessing, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, quarterback, if, if, gets, if quarterback just, gets drafted next year. If Yeah, but if you just waffle on this and say, like, oh, we're going to let Foles start and he sucks a little and you bring Mitch in, like, you need to really, really see what you have in Mitch because he, he showed glimpses in 18 of – I mean, he still can't throw left, but like he was decent with his legs. He wasn't making terrible reads. And then it's like the offense just kind of changed. So that's the other, like what you're, the questions you're asking are the right questions that they, the front office should have been asking themselves, but they don't seem to have a plan. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, what would be your plan? What would you do? Because like, what would you do? My my conspiracy theory ish, you know, based a little bit on a lot of notes we got too, but you know, like pretty clearly, Nagy wanted to push and evaluate Trubisky to the to the truest extent he could last year, uh, so they 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 could either shit or get off the pot with him, and they didn't take his option, which means it's effectively over. But why bring Foles in now and have a team that you know maybe instead of winning six games they win eight if you start all eight you know sixteen weeks with Nick Foles like. What good does that do you? I don't see it getting you in the playoffs. I don't see it appeasing your fan base. I don't see it saving your job if you're the GM. Um, so That's a good point I, you know, about saving the job, like there I are, really you know, know yeah. what the point, what the plan is. You you do bring up an interesting point, and I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theory because it's nothing near that. It's based solely, firmly in reality. And Nagy and Pace, 
the GM there, are kind of in the same boat battling up that shit creek. Like they, if they want to save their job, I guess you know. I'm I'm saying this is what we should do for the long term success of the Bears, which yeah. is probably pretty Pollyanna naive of me because why in the world would a coach and a GM who are likely in the hot seat? Try to do what's good. <laughs> Worry about like, three years. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Oh man, we really need to leave this franchise in the best shape we can when we get shit canned at the end of the year. Like yeah, that's right. not how things work. So, like, what do you think is the best plan for Nagy and Pace to try to save their asses? <laughs> I guess you, I, yeah, you gotta yeah. try to you gotta try to be at least yeah. in the playoff discussion True. late in the season. I think that's right. I think if you have like a a decent record, even if you end up missing out on the last wild card maybe you're okay if you can convince ownership that you have a plan but yeah i almost feel like they need to they need to do better than last year i don't know if it's possible with uh what yeah because they, they overachieved they overachieved by last year getting to eight in my opinion <laughs> so you know the likelihood that they even get you know, luck, the lucky bounces to get back to eight i think is pretty you know is, is a tough stretch for me to kind of swallow right now um yeah, no, you're what what is best for the franchise going forward is probably dealing Mac and trying to get as many assets as you can so you can have an amazing draft next year. I mean, realist I'm trying to be realistic here. Um, you need a quarterback. You're not gonna get one via free agency. You had a chance probably at, you know, stealing someone like a Cam or a uh, or a Jameis Winston and either, you know, resurrecting them or, you know, just at least having something um, you know, with a higher ceiling than Nick Foles. Um, but you didn't go that route. And so now you're stuck in purgatory. And I'm looking at this offensive depth chart. These guys are not great. Like there is not a lot of talent on this offensive roster. Like Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky is not going to get you to 30 points a game offensively here and compete with a lot of the likes of the NFC who you're going to be competing for that wild card spot. Um, this offensive line to me is bottom half of the league. Uh, the wide receiver core, you know, Roberts, Raymond Robinson, we don't really know how good he is. He's always had poor quarterback play. Um, so it's unfair to say, you know, he's not a true wide receiver one, but I haven't seen enough out of him to say that he's going to be able to get enough separation and, you know, be a dynamic player. Going from portals to this, like, yeah, it's nice. like, like I feel for him. Look, you, you're going to get, you're, you're, you're presumably going to get, uh, you know, wide receiver two uh work out of ted ginn i guess uh anthony miller i mean or is is yeah anthony miller is a slot wide receiver I, I don't i don't especially you know find him to be a dynamic game breaker um you know jimmy graham we mentioned starting tight end probably gets benched at some point for cole Komet, you know who's going to be coming up um running back position is a mess i i do not like montgomery at all I think he is a, um, I think he is, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust. He doesn't have any dynamic, uh, you know, you know, uh, ability to hit holes, make create space for himself or, you know, speed when you need it. And when I see him play, I feel like every handoff to Montgomery is a wasted down. Um, and yeah, I think overall this offense to me, uh, is going to be playing a lot of catch up in games and they're not going to be able to do it. This is, this looks much more to me like a five, win roster whether you're going with Trubisky or Foles uh then it does an eight win roster or a 10 win roster uh so yeah I'm probably if I'm Nagy I'm like I'm probably like you I'm saying fuck it uh we're starting Trubisky uh we're gonna try to run a dynamic uh you know quarterback run read type of offense and we're gonna surprise people and you know we're I'm gonna I'm gonna give Trubisky easy reads uh in the passing game to complement his you know his 
uh, ability to run. And, uh, you know, maybe we can squeak out some wins by surprising people. Um, that's probably the only thing that saves them, I would guess. Uh, starting <laughs> Nick Foles is, is non-starter if I'm Nagy. I'm looking back at um, a preview of them for last year. Mm-hmm. And I can't confirm this. I'm going to have to pull up some screenshots I have from opening look-ahead lines. But they played, they played Kansas City to close the season last year. I th- or was that two years ago? Looks like yeah, that was last year. So it wasn't. It wasn't week seventeen. It was like uh, it was late in the season, though. Yeah, I'm trying to look at that. It said they were going to be one point, one point underdogs hosting <laughs> Kansas City late in the year. I would like to go look that up. They were touchdown underdogs, and they lost yeah. by like twenty five or something. Insane. Yeah, twenty three. Uh, they lost by twenty three. That goes back to uh, yeah. That goes back to the man. If you really want to shit on a team, maybe you should actually maybe you should actually bet against it early because we were so cold on that, and you yeah. could have got Kansas City minus one there. <laughs> Pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, let's you know kind of moving on a little bit here. You brought Bill Lazor, who is the new offensive coordinator. Um, I don't really know what role he's going to have. Matt Nagy seemed to be a guy that had perfect uh, understanding and, uh, you know, vision for what he wanted this offense to be for the last two years. So I'm not sure what he relinquishes in terms of decision-making power to the new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. Uh, so my expectations are low there. Um, my, uh, my general uh, view of Nagy, and, you know, he is obviously comes from Andy Reid's system. There's a lot of positives about, you know, what he has in his playbook. Two years ago when the Bears went on their, you know, on their torrent winning 12 games and, you know, surprising the NFC North, um, a lot of it was based on amazing success in the first 15 scripted plays. Do you remember that? They were, yeah. like, unbelievably good at getting a lead. And guess what happens? If you can really do a good job scripting, your first 15 plays and get a touchdown on the board, let Khalil get Mack two touchdowns eat. on board. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that changes the entire complexion of, you know, how you go about defending your lead rather than trying to play catch up. And that was the entire story last year. They couldn't score early points on their, when they presumably had an advantage in that first 15. Uh, and it cost them because uh, they had very little ability to come back from, uh, from deficits. So could you, you know, could you get more out of Trubisky than we saw from a full season last year? Absolutely. I think Nagy was testing him, was giving him very, very tough, um, you know, tough assignments throughout the first half of the season to make his point to management that this guy is not the guy. He didn't, he didn't make the growth he needed in the offseason uh, to be the, you know, the quarterback that can be a franchise, you know, cornerstone, uh, and he needed to prove that to management. Uh, the management responded by bringing in Nick Foles, which was again, another mistake in my opinion. We've said this a dozen times. So now here you are with this, your ceiling as a bears team, looking at the schedule, in my opinion is six, uh, sorry, is a uh, uh, nine and seven is your ceiling. My most likely outcome for you this year is six and 10. I'm looking hard at these alternative unders uh, for the bears uh, under six and a half at plus 200 uh, is pretty enticing to me because a lot of their coin flip games are early in the season. And if they don't win those coin flips early, 
then this does become a, a, a project of positioning yourself for draft next year, as opposed to competing for the playoffs. Yeah. I feel really, yeah, really depends on a couple things. And yeah, like I'm probably with you. There's, I can't find a 10 win season on here. Nine. I'm struggling for nine, but I, I, I could see where it could get there. If a couple things shake out, right. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm probably right there with you. Nine and seven is a hard ceiling. And I mean, a four-win season is not of it is not of the question. Uh, you know, some of the some of the games where it's projected to be, you know, like their quote-unquote easy games. You know, they do get the Panthers and Jaguars, which are very low-end teams. And honestly, we're we're not high in New York either. And those are, I guess, New York's a home game. They do have to travel to Carolina and Jacksonville kind of after and they're they're both sandwiched between some tougher games which isn't where you want your super easy games i guess but if if the lions end up with a starting quarterback not named david this year (laughs) you know you don't you don't get a couple gimmies and then just uh, who else is there for easy games like you know hosting houston houston's a little more depleted but it's still like that's a huge quarterback advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a little later in the season for a while. Yeah, you get the cold weather. Yeah. That, yeah that's maybe a little bit advantage there. So, like, yeah, five, six, seven wins is probably kind of where they end up at. That's that's where I live with the Bears. I don't mind your alternate under. Uh, when I first looked at this, I kind of said, man, they're kind of a weird long tail team, maybe alt over, alt under. But, man, the alt over that feels like it needs to be priced a little more for me to. Okay. Well, give me you know, uh, yeah, they, what, they got what, Tampa, New Orleans, Minnesota. Yeah, let's twice, let's do this Bay for all plays. the teams. Let's do this for all the teams. If I can only play one and I'm playing over nine at plus two twenty, or under six and a half at plus 200. What's which, which is the better value there? Oh, it's the under unders yeah. are always better. <laughs> like we yeah. say under 32 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for these guys that, 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 that they come in under six and a half. Um, a lot yeah. more often than they come in over nine, in my opinion. Um, the, the, the schedule actually, is I, like I said, schedule I have their most supposed to be easier, but with, I, I'm really, yeah. really not. In general, as a huge, you know, overarching theme with predictive analysis before a season starts, it's really hard to actually say like this schedule's hard or this schedule's easy. So much, so much changes team to team. Like it takes two of the good teams just don't pan out as well. And all of a sudden you have a super easy schedule or like one team in your division that's ahead of you loses a quarterback. All of a sudden there's two teams. There's two games that flip by like five points. If it's a decent quarterback to a backup, like you're, you're and that, you know, you talk two wins. You can, well, that talk, happened to them last year with the Lions. Yeah, with the, like, exactly. <laughs> like, you, you, like in you, those two games, they could, the, 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 yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a huge swing. And I, I think like using something, even if you're doing it the right way and actually, you know, looking at how the, the market is pricing all these teams and coming up with a composite of that and saying, this is, you know, the fourth hardest schedule. And I really think that's hard to look at because there's so much uncertainty with, you know, it's not 16 teams. Obviously it's what 13 because they play three of them twice, but 13 other teams uncertainty is going to play into this. So you can say it's a, it's supposed to be an easier schedule than last year, but who's to say, and they still have some tough ones, like a couple of their home games. They got to get, they get breeze. Brady, Rivers, 
coming up to like when your home games are against you know battle tested quarterbacks like that early in the season like that sucks that's yeah. not what you want you you want you know you want the titans coming up you want the jags coming up yeah I don't no know. i don't I, I like i don't like i don't love their schedule either i read a couple places that it's it's supposed to be easier than last year but mm-hmm. i'm not uh i'm not taking that into account very hard no no and especially because of the sequencing and that the middle is relatively difficult. Um, the five games from week seven to week 12. Uh, that's a tough stretch. It really is. Let's pull yeah. up your chart. Yeah, it's a tough stretch. They do get, and, uh, they yeah. do get extra rest for the Carolina travel spot, which isn't terrible. But then the, yeah. the Ram, and you know we're not high on the Rams, but they play the Rams in the back-to-back roadie. Yep. Uh, Green Bay at Green got, Bay is rest. They get extra rest coming off the bye. Yeah. Um, then they get Detroit coming off a Thursday night, which doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And then their last one is uh, again, they do Minnesota and Jacksonville road back to back roadie before they have to host Green Bay at the end of the year. So they don't yeah. have a ton of advantageous schedule spots. I mean, their, their best advantageous schedule spot is coming off a bye, and everybody gets that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really like weeks one and two kind of make or break the alt under in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you you got to get, we you saw, gotta be two, three and all going into the Indy. Yeah. Game. We saw the week one uh, road game against the lions was one of the bigger movers early off the open. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I'll just, I should, might, might as well mention market sentiment, sentiment a little bit here. Um, the bears opened up as eight win, uh, eight win total. Uh, and, uh, right now under eight is sitting at minus minus one twenty, So really not very heavily bet as far as I can tell you, um, maybe a little juice to the under, but not much. Um, that said, the market does not, did not agree with that opening line for Detroit, Chicago. Uh, I think, uh, that basically opened Chicago as short favorites, uh, or about a pick them depending on where you were looking. And now uh, you are kind of staring down Detroit on its way out to what, two, two and a half, probably by the time we get there. Um, so there's some kind of market confirmation here that Chicago is not as good as they seem on paper or Detroit's a little better than they seem on paper, um, which I, I think a little, is uh, yeah, a little column, a little column B, but yeah, look at their first two games. They, you know, they have a coin flip game against Detroit week one. Then they got a coin flip game home hosting the Giants week two. If they're two and zero at that point, then you know, and it's on the back of some, you know, some uh, creative play play design by Nagy, uh, and uh, you know, holding on to some leads. Uh, then you know, then they have a chance to get to eight and eight, in my opinion. If they're zero and two at that point, uh, then uh, you know, then then things really start to fall apart for this team because Atlanta, Indy, Tampa—that's a tough stretch. Those are offenses that can score. They're going to put some pressure on you. Every every team that I'm looking at on their schedule, where I kind of my eyes kind of pop, and I'm like, oh boy, they're in trouble. Are these teams that have capability of putting up 30 points? Because I just don't see it with this offense for uh, for the Bears, and I don't think the defense is quite good enough that uh, they can truly, you know, keep a lid uh, on um, you know on some of these dynamic offenses that they're up against. Yeah, I think. Uh... Man, are we going to disagree? We need a disagreement team. Mm. I think we have a couple throughout the season. Otherwise, yeah. here we here we are. 
pretty much in lockstep against uh, again on the Bears, which I mean we were right last year. Yeah, yeah. Bears under. I mean, the, what was their win total last year? It had to be nine and a half. Uh, yeah, I think it was nine. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was nine. Uh, it might have been opened at nine and a half and got that down, but I don't think they. I think they opened it adjusted down. But and honestly, like look at their last schedule year, last they year. were favored look, look in the, eleven games do, before do, the season started. Yeah, do me a favor though and look down that schedule. There are four wins on there that I, I kind of really kind of you know raise my eyebrows. Like those could have easily been losses. Uh, the get week two against Denver. Didn't they get some like ridiculous penalty that moved them into field goal range to kick the game winning field goal week two? Uh, they got to play the lions twice. Both times the lions had to, um, you know, put in an emergency starter during the week. Um, their week 17 win against the Vikings was pretty fraudulent because the Vikings weren't playing for anything and they pulled all their starters. That's a good point. Yeah, there was quite a lot of shenanigans on the, you know, in terms of even getting to eight last year for this team. Uh, and not a lot of losses that I thought weren't deserved. Uh, there were some close losses, but uh, I did not think they were the better team uh, in most of those games. So, with that, sorry, Chicago. Um, should we try to go maybe to the, Rivers maybe, yeah, in maybe Chicago the White to Sox get an even be better good. price? <laughs> we should just go down there and bet against the Bears every week. Yeah, interesting. They're broke right now. They got oh, yeah? hard. Oh, interesting. Remember that the big uh, Darren didn't cover it, so it doesn't matter though. Uh, see, I didn't. If he didn't tweet about it, I didn't see it. So didn't um, see it. So okay. that's yeah, uh, let's move, let's uh, close uh, the book on the Bears. They will be. Yeah. yeah. If you look, uh, so Lions are favored right now, right? Mm-hmm. The Lions. Are, so they should be favored against the Giants. The Small lines at home. They, they, they are. I think they are. Um, yes. that, those lines, those lines are up. Yeah. And those are. So, they're taking decent size limits. I want to say markets. they'll probably. Yeah, it looks like they should. They're favored in five games. So I mean, the the coin flips. Like the coin flips have to go. They have to win all those, and the coin flips have to go against you to lose the six and a half. So I might join you on that. Nice under Chicago under six and a half yeah. plus two hundred sounds good. Um, let's talk about Detroit. Uh, move it over to Michigan. Uh, the, uh, this, the, uh, it's wild that this Hometown. second, second year in a row, I'm going to have a lot of interest in this, uh, Detroit season opener, <laughs> which is a coin flip. Let me, can um, I tell that story? No, we've covered that enough. I think. <laughs> uh, you got such a good number, but I, it's just my favorite. Cause I don't, I don't get to watch the games with you. you yeah, know, you, live, yeah. you live in a different, uh, country pretty much. Might as well be. But uh, yeah, that was that was awful watching you as that game ended up as a tie. You got such a good number. That's a that's one of those yeah. where you just gotta laugh and say, uh, "Yeah, I mean, season, it been basically, worse. yeah." For anyone who's unfamiliar, weren't weren't participating at that point in time. Week one, Andy and I were hanging out in Vegas uh, with the big uh, Betsports event, which was a ton of a lot, you know, hell of a lot of fun. Hanging out at the Betsports house, recording our week one reaction pod, uh, and I had gotten Detroit. Pick, pick in like week you know, in like May um, against the Cardinals. Uh, they were up. Like tw- they were up twenty four to three at one point. I think they were up three scores. Um, closed at Detroit minus three. We talked about you know I bet in Bitcoin, so it, it, the value of the bet went up three times what I had intended to bet on. You know, just a week one play, um, and uh, lo and behold, they blew that uh, the three score lead. Uh, went to overtime and should have lost in overtime reasonably, but. Uh, 
Yeah, all, yeah, all things considered, yeah. could have been worse. Could have been worse. You yeah. legitimately should have lost that. I should have lost like, it overtime. You shouldn't have lost the bet, but like the way it played out, you you should have lost in overtime, and that would have been really brutal. So yeah, yeah. that was the filthiest push I've probably ever seen. And your your <laughs> the anguish in your eyes was awful. Oh, that's um, such bullshit. The Lions were a weird team last year. Like they, um, you know, they should have won that game. They ended up winning the next two games. Like they should have been a three and O team. They ran into a rough patch in the schedule. It was a, a tough patch. I'm not going to you know, say like they just played shitty. They, they were put up against some pretty good teams, that part of the schedule. And then they lost their quarterback and it all, you know, it devolved from there. So mm-hmm. it sucks. It sucks. What happens when you lose a quarterback, especially one that was playing quietly really well. Like if you look back at some of the stats, like, yeah, uh, he was. Granted, it was some you know some easy pass defenses he played against uh, in the first half of the season. There, but at the same time, you still got to go out there and make the throws. Back injury, in steps David Blair, and I mean, <laughs> what did they? What did they end up? It wasn't good. David Plow. D- DFL. D- three, like, yeah, three, yeah, yeah, three, twelve and one. Uh, number three pick overall in the draft. Um, yeah. And I, I, I echo all of your sentiments. Um, through eight games of the season last year, there were three, four, and one. Um, they lost some heartbreakers. Their Monday night loss to Green Bay stands out pretty clearly in my mind. That one was absolutely insane. Do you remember that? Yeah. With Every like the, was it targeting? Was it a targeting penalty that like gave them an untimed down? To, yeah. yeah no, it's just a, just a real, just a really, really bad, bad loss there. Um, they were competitive as hell hosting Maybe Kansas City. Mask. They beat the crap. Oh yeah, it was like hand, illegal hands to the face. That's right. Um, oh, God, that no, it was a really bad. Me, it was a deep. It was a defensive lineman trying to get off of a block. PTSD attack, on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was bad. Um, but they uh, they went to Philly week three. They thoroughly beat them. Um, they handled the Chargers no problem at home. Again, you know they were very very close to beating the Chiefs as uh, six point dogs. That was a really competitive game. They covered. Um, and you know, you look at the statistics for Stafford through eight games and he was clearly top 10 in the league. Clearly this is, there was, there is no doubt he was performing at a top 10 level when he got hurt. And when he, uh, we, when their season went from three, four and one to, um, what they lost their next eight games (laughs) with, uh, with backup quarterbacks. Uh, it was truly a tale of two halves for their season. Um, and yeah, I mean, and the million-dollar question is, uh, was the glimpse we saw of Stafford, which was a huge step up in level of play relative to 2018 for him, was that on? You know, was that a, a product of something they were doing with the offense? Was it just his performance? Was it luck? Like you mentioned, they played some pretty, uh, pretty soft pass defenses. You know, like what were the contributing factors, and what do we expect out of Stafford this season? Really, the entire. Um, handicap around the Lions revolves around that point, in my opinion. So, what do we think? Is Stafford yeah. going to be a top ten quarterback or bottom half of the league? I don't love Matt Patricia. I don't know who their offensive or their defensive coordinator is. I don't Corey, think. I think uh, Corey Undlin. Undlin. He was the previously the. Eagles defensive backfield coach, if I, I remember right. I feel like it's one of those scenarios like 
George, whatever his name is, and the Vikings, um, where Zimmer actually calls the defense, and you have a yeah. defensive coordinator nobody's heard of. I'm not even sure if he's a defensive coordinator. That that's how much he doesn't matter to like the overall scheme. I I, I don't think he's even there anymore. I think it's maybe Adam Zimmer now is stepping in as part of that. So it's a, it's I think it's one of those two where Patricia is heavily involved in the defense, and you have a a defensive coordinator that's kind of just helping out. But Bevel, I didn't hate. I thought they were more aggressive. Like um, I think it was maybe a maybe a thing where Patricia and Cooter didn't see eye to eye. I mean, I mean Cooter might not have been very good. Yeah. Th- there's always <laughs> that case. Like it, it's tough when you, when you have holdovers from a previous regime and like, sure. you never know, like you don't know what the dynamics are, but yeah, Cooter might not have been good at all. And like, uh, you know, I'm not a huge Daryl Bevel guy, but like they were throwing it deeper. Like we said, Stafford was, you know, you he can have painting, a, He was painting numbers on the yeah, on the yeah. sidelines. He was throwing really, really nice down. You can passes. have a bad, you know, you can play bad defenses, but you still got to go out there and call aggressive plays and and you know execute. And Stafford was doing that. Like he was he was throwing deeper on average. He was throwing beyond the sticks on third downs. They they weren't a terrible team. Again, they just had kind of a rough stretch, and then when they got to the back end of the schedule there where things were going to ease up a touch, you didn't have your starting quarterback anymore. There were some issues at running back. Um, Good receivers. Again, good receivers that you're not going to hear a bunch about because David Blow was throwing them the ball. Like I'm, I'm sold on this receiver court. Yeah, in Jones fact, and Galladay might be one of the better best, duos. Best we have. receiver core in the <laughs> yeah. for, like now that now that uh, Hawkinson, Dig, yeah, yeah, throw Hawkinson in the mix. Now that yeah. yeah, now that Diggs is in Buffalo, best receiving core in the division. I'm gonna say it. Sorry, Devonte Adams and whoever else. Quantum is St. Brown. Yeah, no, it's just like one one two. Yeah, for a one two, I like them a lot. Yeah. No, the, the the receiving weapons in the passing game overall. Going back to the uh, the famous quote you brought up last week about uh, by uh, by Booger McFarlane, like you want you want good players in the passing game, and the Lions have those good players in the passing it, game. It's not like <laughs> Dan, and, and like Danny Amendola's kind of washed, but he yeah, can he can still be a decent slot guy. Yeah, I, I, that, yeah, that, you you're you're he's your fourth option because Hawkinson's legit. Um, you know, yeah, Marvin Jones, Galladay, and Hawkinson are a really nice little trio of receiving weapons. Um, not like uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, Bucks good, but uh, definitely best in the NFC North. I agree. Um, then and stat, you know, Stafford with with weapons, with a system that fits for him, with a fully healthy season. Uh, I think it's more likely he's a top ten quarterback than he is bottom half of the league. Would you agree? Yeah, no, for sure. He can be a top ten quarterback, okay. especially now that now that we are in quarterback drought. Okay, what do you think of their running game? Is it good enough to put away a lead? They upgraded that tackle. Right tackle is an upgrade. They brought in a nice guy. They didn't really lose anyone except for on the offensive side. They didn't lose anyone. Uh, the defensive side, they lost Slay. Yeah, Slay. Slay um, was big, and let's not. They lost Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as um, I guess Damon Harrison. On the defensive side, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But as far as offense, they didn't lose a ton. They weren't super happy with carry on at times, some of the output. So they drafted a running back in the second round. And obviously, they had a super high draft pick. 
they needed to replace Slay after he was, you know, headed to Philly. So and they I, get uh, Jeff yeah, Okuda. Okuda, I, I can't be mad at that pick. Like no. it, he's he's a high end corner. Hopefully, he works out for them. They don't have a terrible defense. I like some of the pieces there, but yeah, like you said, offense. Uh, if nothing else, continuity on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's spendy. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know how much they're spending. It looks like thirty million on the offensive line. I guess that's not actually. Nope, that is pretty high. Yeah, but it, but overall they are but, yeah, con- a decent so unit. Like somebody, they look like a top I, half of the league unit to me. Yes, I will, I'll never tackle. remember. I'll never right remember who said good. this. Yeah. But he said continuity matters more than talent as far as if you want to take the five men in front of the quarterback as a whole. Sure. He said, you know, you can have decent guys, but if they play together week in and week out, it's it's just so much better than having a really good left tackle, a really good center, and then the other guys just keep rotating in and out or getting hurt or getting replaced. Like continuity is important. So I guess if nothing else, yeah, they they have their most of their offensive line. Yeah, new right tackle, but yeah, Decker's a good left tackle. Okay. Hawkin, Hawkinson, I'm not I I'm gonna be honest, didn't watch a ton of Lions games. I'm not sure how he is. He's got uh, good. He's got. He's very talented. Well, I want to say like as a blocking tight end. I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 100 yeah. sure how he is at that. He's but. not the next coming of Gronk or anything, but he's pretty pretty good. We are saying a lot of nice things. Like we're not. We're not. Uh, we're not talking ten win Lions here, but no, no, no. But we're talking a team that be. is going to be in every game because they can score. I'm looking yes. at this, you know, passing offense. They're going to be in games. Like even if they're behind, is this a team that can come back and score enough on you to make you sweat? Yeah. Yes. Is this a team that I'm trying to back as double-digit dogs or touchdown dogs or whatever? Uh, you know, when they're going up against some of the cream of the crop in the league this year, absolutely. That's like a they good are point. going to be in games. Uh, and if their running game manifests to anything at all, then they should be able to put away some leads. Um, they are vulnerable to comebacks. That's for sure. They're going to need to play key play. Um, the defense is not great. This is a bottom half of the league defense, even with the additions yeah, you mentioned. They, um, they drafted a bunch of defense. They added, they paid a bunch for, what's it, Trufant. Yeah, they don't have elite coverage, and they don't have elite pass rush, which means if you have an effective offensive line and a quarterback who's not a not a scrub, then they're going to score points on you. You know that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be, you know, there there's going to be a potential for some shootouts on this schedule for sure. Uh, looking notably at like week four against the Saints, for instance. Uh, you know, week three maybe fun. against the Cardinals will be a fun one. Uh, there'll be some. There'll be they're some over team, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. If and if Stafford stays healthy, this is he has weapons. He has a half decent offensive line. He has a slightly more aggressive offensive coordinator, and I mean, who has a second year with this offense? Like, yeah, a healthy Stafford. This is an over team. This is a dangerous underdog team. Like yeah. you said, that that was a really good point about uh, if they are a a bigger underdog in some of these. Like, that's going to be a nice spot for you. You know that with a decent pass offense late in the game, they're not going to stay outside the number. Oh man, looking at the spreads here. What's week two against the Packers? Going to get a touchdown there? Yeah, six, seven, somewhere in there. I don't okay. have the actual. Um, I'm looking at like a preview. 
yeah, week five, they'll probably be touchdown dogs to uh, the Saints. Um, week, I'm sorry, week four. Uh, I, you know what? You know what would be an amazing outcome or just a great betting spot for us if week one and week two, uh, they got two tough divisional games, right? And divisional games traditionally play a little tighter, play a little lower scoring. Uh, there's a lot of evidence for that. Um, you know, that's you're probably going to have a little bit. Uh, you know, people might not be onto the scent that the Lions are an over team come week three. And we might get a really, like a really bettable number in that Arizona game. It might be like, uh, what do you think that opens at? 47? 49? 49. I would open I, it at 49 and see yeah, it close no, above no. 50. But, you, but like, let's say that. Oh, no, some, yeah. If, if it is yeah. like, tw- you know, if, if if they beat Chicago like 17 10, Green yeah, Bay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Green Bay wins like that's 17 like tw- 14. Yeah, 24, 21. Like that, that'd be like ideal. That, yeah. You know, just yeah. some like some games in the 30s would be absolutely lovely if you're if you really want to get aggressive with that. But yeah, yeah, and then they open they open Arizona at like 47, 48. That'd be that'd be great. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, there's there and and they have they have some easy ones on the schedule too. Like this looks like they're four to me. Uh, probably gonna be six months. Um, the market opened lots, them up at six and a half lots of coin flip games, a lot of coin flip games. Yes, exactly. This is, uh, this is kind of one of those teams where you, you know, look up at the end of the year and they're eight and eight and that sounds about right. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's probably where we're going here. They, um, like if, if you want to look at their lines and I, I'm, you know, some of this has flipped a little, I bet Carol, like that week 11 Carolina game. I have to look at that now to see exactly where that's ending up. That looks like they still are plus one, but there, there's so many of those where, you know, it, about, it's, in, uh, yeah. it's, it, it's in Carolina. Like well, they're coming to, off their bye week six against the Jags. Are they dogs in that one? Week that six. Be, that might be interesting. Yeah. They are a one and a half point favorite. One and a half point favorite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they'll, they'll be favored at home against Chicago. They'll be favored yeah. against at home against Texans, Jags. They'll definitely be favored against the Redskins, depending how that hashes up. But then you know, Colts, Cardinals, Panthers, Packers at home, Vikings at home. Uh, Tennessee is a decent favorite because they're on the road, but I'm not super keen on Tennessee being all that great of a team. Same thing with Chicago on the road. Like those are five, six, seven point spreads right now that I think might come closer down to, you know, four point games. If, um, if things flush out the way I think they will. So there'll be a ton of games where they need to win coin flip games for them to be good. So it wouldn't surprise me if this was like a good offense what we consider a good quarterback, maybe putting up a shitload of fantasy points for you, being good DFS plays, and they win like five games. <laughs> like this, mm. that's fully in the realm because there's just so many, so many of these coin flip games with a bad. I don't defense. disagree. Yeah, no, and honestly, like a wide wide range wanted, for this team. Yeah, if you want to, and if you wanted to bet their win total over, I got bad news. You missed it by a couple months. You needed to be out there early. Uh, it opened at six and a half. Right now, if you want to bet six and a half, the over is choose to minus one fifty. So that ship has sailed. Um, and over seven is tight ish number. Like we were saying, like I kind of think their most likely outcome is seven nine to eight eight ish, and seven and a half. If I wanted to play that over is plus one forty one. That's not really enough, interesting enough for me to get involved. Uh, I'm going to be steering clear of betting the Lions much here in the preseason. Um, what do you think of their odds to win the NFC North and what is their path to victory? Like what has to happen for them to win the NFC North in your opinion? 
they just need to get the coin flip wins in division. Yeah, the coin flip wins. I mean, and you're going to have to win. You'll have to sweep the home games. You know, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago. Like, that has to happen, I think, just to keep them down. You'll probably have to win the away game at Chicago. You'll have to win down in the Georgia Dome. I don't – I mean, they host the Saints, I guess, but that's a toughie. Of course, Minnesota beat the Saints in the playoffs. Anything can happen, I guess. But, you know, a couple of these tough ones, like going to uh, going up to Minnesota, going hosting the Saints, going to Green Bay early, they have – they don't have like a – it's crazy. Like their biggest – I think their biggest underdog is the away game in Minnesota. Like they're, they're not like some huge dogs in any of these games. You know, you want to say like coin flip, there's a lot that are right around three and four. So – just overachieving on offense and the defense is slightly better. Hopefully some of the pieces work out. Uh, Same thing we said with Chicago. Like if the rookie corner works out, your defense is probably markedly better because of how important it is to have a good cornerback, a good defensive secondary. And I think the odds of a rookie cornerback working out are better based on just Akuda was a lot better of a talent. Akuda was a better prospect. Oh yeah, yeah, he was taking third overall. So hopefully the probability, you know, the probably it takes it does sometimes it does. It takes a long time for those guys to really get you know to really get there. there. Going, yeah, that's a tough position to be. I know. Can you think of a? Can you like? Just going back to Patricia, Patricia being in England, like did the and the Patriots are just atrocious at drafting anyway. Like, was there a, was there a corner that Patricia was able to get to play well right away? I don't know. I'm blank. Malcolm, I'm blank. But- Malcolm Butler was uh, was a surprise. Uh, he came in and was an immediate impact player as like a what a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent. Um, but that might've just been something specific. And, you know, I think I, I, I've always assumed that Bill, that Bill, uh, Belichick has his fingers on that secondary. Like, um, you know, he is very, 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 um, proactive communicating with his players and giving them assignments and calling out specific tendencies. And, you know, like we've heard the stories, you know, asking them to do, uh, you know, very specific, uh, uh, you know, tactics to try to, uh, you know, get away with uh, pass interference and stuff like that. Testing the refs, things, things that are, uh, you know, that are good game, be, game theory. I was hoping there'd be a market on this because Bet Online will hang these where they do regular season win matchups. Sure, like they, you know, Lions take, versus uh, Bears. Yeah, it's not one. It's Bears Packers, and they, they ah, have Packers. Mind. Maybe I'll talk to. Maybe I'll. Uh, Tweet at Dave, see if well, that worked out well for him. Last yeah, time, so I, was gonna, I was gonna say he doesn't. Maybe he's not in the mood to hang something for me again after after the hot dog contest thing. Yeah, that, like that. That seems like the one you should hang: Bears versus Lions. Like set a yeah. price for that. Here's the thing, though. Like I, I, I'm feeling. Good. I feel comfortable betting an under on the wins total under on the Bears. I don't really feel comfortable betting a win total over on the Lions, well, and it's no, not, not all, anymore. I mean, it's not because I think. You know, I think we're, 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 I don't think of Stafford as an injury risk. I don't think, you know, that that's what happened last year is indicative or being scared of, you know, him going down this year, or maybe it is, but that, you know, it's not, that's not my point. I'm thinking more like, I don't know if this running game can put away leads and I don't know if this defense can prevent comebacks. And so there's going to be a lot of sweating. (laughs) If you're getting involved with the lines this year, uh, be prepared for a sweat because, uh, 
um, yeah, there's going to, these are just all going to be competitive, entertaining, fun games to watch their schedules, not hard, but it's not easy. Um, you know, and there's certainly, it's not sequenced in a way that I see like a clear advantage, like, holy shit, they could be look up week 12 and be at the top of the standings at, you know, seven and three or whatever. Like, I, I don't think that's reasonable. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of things go to go right for them to really, uh, unlock the, uh, NFC North. Um, and I think we're going to find a lot better value betting week in, week out, betting on the team, on the total, uh, rather than trying to lock up much preseason for these guys. Current price for them to win the NFC North is plus 640. I feel like in March, that was like 10, 11 to 1. So that's got hit pretty hard. Some people too. got some better numbers on that than us. Yeah, that got hit pretty hard. I'll too. be betting that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't like dying to bet it anyway. But no, but I liked it at ten, eleven to one. Yeah, well now it's no, not. It's, it's not terrible. Six, six and a half. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think you know. I, I think they do enough this year to keep uh, Matt Patricia around for another year. Yeah, I read. So, I read some things regarding like they had weird tendencies in the second half. Maybe Bevel adjusts for that. Like again, we don't. We're just speculating. Oh, on you this. mean the second half of games? Second half of games, yes. Oh, like really? The, like the, their success rates were way down. Like the the just the run, and I I feel like when your success rates are down on running plays, it's because they're predictable. Sure, like, that's true. Like yeah. like it's such a predict you know predictive or uh, predictable took, si- yeah. Yeah, situation yep. to run in. It's, you know, the defense is ready for it and you're not going to have a successful running play. So you, when you, that you know what, that hundred percent checks out when yeah. I think back, like one of the reasons that I think I'm not like, I'm sketched out about the wins is because I remember, um, I remember them taking their foot off the gas. I remember them having leads and, you know, really putting the ball in the hand of the running back who really couldn't do much. Um, and predictability, plays into that more than scheme or talent, I think, given what they're, you know, the you roster's know, not, be, not Especially because they had decent success rates on a lot of things in the first half. They were kind of a first-half team. I just here's a little nugget. They were that in the games that Stafford played, they were leading six out of the eight going into the second quarter. Yeah, that see, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah they were, they were right. kind of a – they were a fast-starting team. Yeah. Are we a are we a Lions first half team total over podcast yes, now? That's uh that's kind of fun. I mean, guess the other thing is like yeah, like they just the the defense it lacks any um kind of ability to create turnovers, to create havoc plays, right? Like who's getting sacks and who's getting interceptions and fumbles and stuff on this team? It's not it's not rostered that way on defense. They're really going to be hanging on for dear life in a lot of these games. Well, and, yeah, their turnover margin was Megatron last year. <laughs> oh, was they it only... minus eighty-one? No, 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 oh. God. <laughs> um, how many interceptions did they? Oh, I don't know. Even for, I, I screwed like how, that many picks, up. how many picks? How many? How pick? many times did they intercept the ball from the other team? I couldn't, uh, I couldn't string that sentence together. Well, I think Slay had like three or four. Uh, I'll say yeah, he's, he's good. Six, seven, seven. Okay, only like which is not great. Yeah, and then their safeties and their linebacker play was pretty uninspiring last year, and their second quarterback can be picked on. So it's not shocking. Yeah, they threw, and you know their interception. Their interceptions that they threw is going to be a little inflated. Just having a 
Yeah, uh, ba- you know, wow, and Driscoll. Yeah. yeah, backup quarterbacks throwing in. So maybe five for a turnover margin. Negative five isn't terrible. At least they shored up that position on the roster, and they have a good backup quarterback this year in Chase Daniels, who they're paying more than Winston and Jam- Camp combined. Janus, yeah. <laughs> Is that what the stat I saw floating around last week? That was insane. No, Chase Daniels making like four and a half million or something. Just stupid. He he is like we are we are a pro Chase Daniel podcast because that guy has he figured out he has absolutely killed it on contracts. Like I want to say he was the highest paid backup last year, and and if not, at least damn close. He was making good money, and yeah, he's he's making pretty decent money for the clipboard job. Like he's uh he's got it figured out. Good job, Chase Daniel. Mm -hmm. Love the Missouri. Yeah, yeah. He's, he did, did, he's done well for himself. Good job. Um, okay. So look out for these guys' touchdown dogs against the likes of the Packers, Saints, and Vikings. Uh, and Titans. I mean, the Titans line is uh, five and a half, six, I think, in places. What? Really? They're it's touchdown a, it's dogs a, It's to a way. I mean, it's a way. It's like not till week 15, right? Yeah, it is that's one of those. That's one of those that, I mean, although the Titans, I, I have a lot of very complicated feelings about the Titans. Um, I think it's week 16. So that's a long time for you. If you want to tie up some money Mm. and when is that week 50? It's week 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, they're, they're a six point dog heading to Tennessee. Mm. Do you think that'll be, I'm going to hold you to this three and a half. Yeah. I was going to say four. Yeah. When we get there, it'll be three and a half. I don't think they're going to give you the. They're going to try to drop people in to make them lay the hook with the the home with the home uh, tractor seaters. Yeah. God, I don't know how much. I don't know how much I want to tie it. Like we say this every yeah, year, we're gonna, and I, I don't, don't want to tie up money. There's not enough there. Yeah, there's not enough there. I don't think. Um, red, okay. red circled anyway. They only take yep. G. Yeah. Okay. Not 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 uh, not not biting. Um, okay. I think uh, I think the right approach. We've we've kind of outlined it here. I don't I don't think there's value betting these guys on the uh, win total market or the uh, or in the division race at this point. We we um, kind of talked long term with the Bears. I feel it'd be a disservice if we didn't do that for Detroit. Um, well, Matt, yeah, I guess. How, what is how old's their, Matt Stafford? Their, yeah, oh boy, is he thirty-two? That's a question for you. Thirty-two he is thirty-two. Yes, you're just. Destroying on trivia. Today. Just on destroying today. trivia. Like ah, that was good though. Yeah. Um I mean he he's still got years left in him. Then if, if he makes it through this year healthy, I mean quarterbacks are playing till they're like a hundred now, so shit. I guess that's kind of the near term, I suppose. Yeah, I mean like, I, it's probably this is probably gonna be a bad result for him this year. We then. had we talked so, about to this win like seven, eight, nine, two, you know, if, if they win seven, eight games. Don't make the playoffs. <laughs> you just—it's kind of a shit dead year, which I hate to say that because it's exciting for the fans to win games, win games against your rivals. Like you don't want to lose, you don't want to. Tanking isn't fun to watch, but at the same time, these tweener teams just keep, you know, going. Like, you know, they went six and ten last year before. I, I don't. I don't believe they would have been three and thirteen with Stafford for the whole year. They would have been, you know, another six, seven, eight win team. So they're just kind of stuck in this purgatory. Maybe Patricia hot seat too. 
No, I think Patricia uh, saves, saves his job this year. It's only it's the, only uh, been two years. So yeah. So he's this is year not- this is year three. If he goes from a three wins this year to eight this year, he's safe. No yeah, problem. I mean, if they absolutely f this up, yeah. I mean, if if they go into the bye like zero and four with two division losses, like yeah, that's seat, problem. That's a the huge hot, problem. The hot seat yeah. stuff talks starts right that's, away. That's absolutely then, true. Like yeah. then it's an absolute. You need this get right game against Jacksonville. Otherwise, we're talking first coach fired. Yeah, we're putting Daryl Bevel in charge, and he's he's coming out of the bye to take on Jags. Yeah, no, I mean it could get ugly. Yeah, no, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't no, see, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him being hot yeah. seats yet. Com- but yeah. uh, it it would have to start pretty badly, and then it would that would they need a lot. They quickly. need a lot of talent on defense. They need just need talent. Like their 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 defense is not talented enough to create. We talked about this, like Saxon turnovers. I just don't see the players there. Um, you're gonna have to either do that through the draft. After you're gonna have to make a splash and bring in a big uh, a big name from pass rushing standpoint, probably. Maybe Jamie, you can get Jamie somebody Collins. Like <laughs> it really doesn't move the needle for me that much. Ten million though. Oh, really? They gave him ten million? I think that's average, like, but still. Uh, Nicholas Williams. Yeah, I, I mean, like they, him. I, that was a good value. I, that was one of the contracts that flew under the radar that I thought was a really good value. Um they Maybe. didn't give him very much. And they're they're looking at kind of a newer with uh the new safety in Harmon. They're gonna probably start the rookie. You kinda have to if you put that much into him. Yeah. But they're looking at some, some and then obviously, like I said, Jamie Collins. There's a bunch of new pieces on defense. I guess it's hard to say how that all hashes out, but I'm I'm still with you. I still don't think it's a top half defense by any means. So uh, yeah, you got to fix Maybe the defense. Should be should be you good keep, enough to keep stop the offense. The run. Yeah, yeah. keep the good, offense together. Yeah. Improve the defense next year, and maybe you can take the next step with uh with Bevel and Patricia. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If I'm them, I'm going to take. I got my take... eye on them for 2021. Yeah, They're they pick they, the click. Yeah. yeah, and I actually like they. Pro- I don't know a hundred percent of the specifics of Stafford's contract but i know that the longer we go in time the less obscene it is <laughs> so he might it might be in a place where they have a little more money to to splash around and and make get a couple impact players on defense next year and and be competitors yeah, um, i think otherwise, he's only like 25 against the cap this year yeah they have people to 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 pass the you know to uh to win in the passing game but not enough to stop the passing game so hopefully that's where they um address their their They're needs 2021 next year. nfc north champions the detroit lions yeah just get it early yeah before free agency get like a five to one or whatever they open it at next year yeah that sounds good to me right that right that um, no, I like that i i really i think that's a pretty inspired call because we were talking about the uh, you know at the time of the draft we were like you know, there was some scuttlebutt that they liked Tua. They might take him third. And it was like, well, what the hell are you going to do with Stafford in that contract? <laughs> and it was like, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they deal him after this year and they start over. But uh, I don't think that's their arc now. I think that what they, you know, what they did in the draft was good. I liked their picks. Um, didn't love them, but I liked them. Uh, and uh, if they can add some talent on the defensive side of the ball to help the uh, the defensive passing game, then, uh, then this is going to be a, a, you know, a contender for a division title next year. I agree with you. They are, they are ascending. Ascending. Yep. Especially with everybody else in the NFC North looking a little hopeless. Vikings mildly excluded. 
I don't know about that either. Cautiously excluded. <laughs> it's, it is a, it might be a, a dirty wasteland up here in the NFC North. Somebody got to win it. Yeah, that, that is fair. Someone, someone, that is my bold prediction of the podcast. Somebody will win. And God, this, you know, for, for forgetting all the things I did last year to prep for these, I thought this turned out pretty good. Yeah. Now I have like a million things that I have to look up for, you know, later in the week here, we will do Packers and Vikings. Yes. Absolutely. I think this was a good format though. I enjoyed it. I loved giving real, real deal time to, to each of these teams. I think we did them. I think we did them solid. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you can think of some things that we missed that, um, you know, uh, bears fans were very vocal on Twitter last year and they were dead wrong and they looked very stupid and foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Like I'm just, I'm just pouring gas on it. But I mean, if we, if, if you, you know, if you have something you're very hopeful for and the bears hit us up with that, I'm, I'm, I'm not averse to, uh, I like money more than I like being right on a podcast. Like if there's something oh, yeah. we missed and, and I need to be adjusting something in any of these hit us up. So, yeah, absolutely. If you, and honestly, the, the key point I want to hear from bears fans is if you think our evaluation of their roster is wrong, specifically their defensive roster and who they lost and who they added. If you think no freaking way, this team is stacked. They're going to be even better. Like by all means, like make your case. I'm listening uh, because that's kind of where it, Make you know that that's what makes or breaks the season for these guys, you know, like in the same way that you know Stafford being a top, uh, you know, top 10 quarterback makes or breaks the season for the um, you know, for the Lions. The you know, the Bears either regress more or they bounce back, depending on what the Steve how this defense performs. And I don't love the potential for them to bounce back given who they lost and who they added. Yeah, I'm there. So, predictions. Bears win six. Six Lions, and ten. Lions win seven or eight. Eight and eight. Yep. Yep. That's, That's it. That's right. And that is the NFC North basement. Yeah. Catch you later in the week. All right. Talk to you then.